0: Welcome to the Mad Youth Theatre podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things Mad Youth Theatre. Today I am joined by Kwesi Boys, where we will be celebrating St Patrick's Day. Together we'll be talking about local Irish history and legends, the youth theatre's involvement in the Tawn March, commemorating the 1916 Easter Rising and our favourite part of St Patrick's Day. Everyone, so we're back today on the Mad Youth Theatre podcast, and I'm joined by none other than the founder, the leader, the director, the man of many titles, Quasi Boys. Hello, (laughs) Quasi.
1: Hey, what's up, Calvin? How you doing?
0: I'm good. I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for the invite on this uh, podcast. Um, I must say, I am a fan.
0: Thank you, thank you. Well, you kind of have to say that, don't you? Because uh, it would look bad if the (laughs) If the leader of the youth theatre was telling us that they're not a fan of the podcast of the youth theatre. <laughs> um, so happy St. Patrick's Day, Kwesi. Um, So we are here today to talk about Irish theatre, Irish storytelling, Irish, uh, all things Irish and drama and theatre and the arts. And I said, Kwesi, you are highly qualified in this uh, area because you've done so much work with the youth theatre around Irish history and local history and retelling the history. And um, so, we can talk a wee bit about that, what actually, so crazy, what year did you move from New York to Ireland?
1: Well, um, geez. if I can remember, I think I moved to Ireland in 2004, maybe 2004. I moved to Ireland. Um, yeah.
0: And moving to Ireland, did you have any, you know, knowledge of Irish history or Irish? Oh storytelling or anything like that
1: zero zero maybe maybe the americanized versions of it which is quite based on stereotypes and silly anecdotes and stuff like that uh, but nothing authentically irish you know
0: yeah so but you came and of course you threw yourself into everything and you've gotten involved with retelling a lot of irish stories over the past few years haven't you
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I really like stories. And I really like learning, like, learning about the history of a place, the mythology, the story, all of that I believe kind of connects to the culture and the heritage of a country. I'm very curious about the heritage of different countries and different things. So if that's something to learn, I like to hear about it. So I'm, I'm big about learning those things. And being, living in Ireland, it was very important for me to know what the heritage of this country is.
0: Do you remember the first story or the first historical event that you learned about uh, or that attracted your eye or something like that?
1: Oh, well, uh, geez, it depends. It depends if you are sitting in a Aventus uh, public house, <laughs> a pub, or if you are you know, watching television or something. I mean, you, you hear different versions of different things over the years. Yeah. Um, but, but I think what I really felt in love with is the story of the Tom Boncoulia. Um Because that was something that was kind of thrown about in different counties and there's different versions of that story everywhere. And the Tom Coolia is, like, I, I know it as the the, the ton. You know, the, the, the story of the town, or the Brown bullet Cooley, or some people will know it as the story of Coo uh, And so, so I, I heard different versions of that. And so that really intrigued me. The difference that people are learning or knowing or retelling as they're growing up and what is actually out there in the books, yes. you know?
0: Yeah. Um, so th- th- that well, that leads me on to your, my next question, which is: You have been involved with the, uh, with the town, uh, for many years. How, what year are we in now? Three or four?
1: I, could be, I think it's about. Well, I, I think I've been involved with the, the Ton March Festival, um, for about well, maybe six years. And I think, the oh, I didn't Theater, think it was that long. Yeah, but the youth theatre has been involved with the Ton for four years, and- um, putting on performances
0: yeah yeah I, mm-hmm. I i i've seen probably them all i haven't actually t- taken part in any of them but uh, may- the, 2021 might be my year for that i oh, will actually i doubt it now with covid <laughs> but 2022 <laughs> is going to be my year for that oh. um but yeah so you have explored so many different you know legends and stories about the mm-hmm. local community um what what attracted you to working on that project of the tawn march um and well, what attracted you to getting the young people involved? Because you said then that you worked, you know, on your own and then you got the young people involved.
1: Well, um, I think it was uh one year I was on the I was walking by the the, the, the square in town at Dundalk and I saw this kind of spectacle happening. I was like, what's going on? This is just madness. And it looked quite medieval and it looks like, you know, and a bit of theater happening. I was like, and it was these two, the, these brothers that was participating. Uh, they were Kuhulin and Ferdia. Um, but they were brothers reenacting it with, with these massive swords and they were fighting and they were telling the story of the town. I was like, this looks pretty cool. I want to know more about the story. And then I got involved with the Tawn March Committee. And so I sat on it and listened to. What they were trying to do, what their aims and objectives were, as um as the Torn March Committee, and basically they want to hold on and elevate Irish heritage, um from its origin, which is in Roscommon, all the way to the Hill of Cooley. and they want and they wanted to walk along that trail, which is like mighty far, if if you want to walk from Roscommon to uh you know Carlingford. You know, that's a very long walk, you know. Um, but I got engaged anyways. And as time went by, I was offered um, by the Tarn March Committee and by Dundalk Youth Centre, uh, Kevin Moore. And he said, hey, um, you got a youth theatre and we are looking to um, bring fresh blood into the Tarn March and into the performances. Um, would you like to get involved? I was like, Absolutely. But during, but before that time, I was reading up on Cuchullin, and I was fascinated about Kuhlen. I was fascinated about Queen Maeve. But as I learned more and more about the Tom Wampulia, it's more than just those two characters. There is so much in that story. It's incredible. It's mind blowing. How many different characters that are involved? How many different kings and provinces were involved in that story? Uh, and, and, and and symbolism that's in that story that really drew me closer. And I still haven't got enough of it, you know, all these le- years later. you think after six years, you know everything about the taunt. I don't think nobody knows everything about the taunt in six years. It would take a lifetime to know about the taunt, the story about the taunt, Boncoulia, and everything that is everything that is the Ulster cycle, which is something that people need to know that the, it came from the, the, the Ulster cycle
0: so do you uh do you definitely because you said you know there's so much do you see there to be a, a future of mad y t continuing on the town and retelling the stories and
1: absolutely every year we tell we, we we try to reenact and retell parts that people know and bring in elements of parts that people don't know mm-hmm. like um as a yes went by we introduce characters um like the Morgan. You know, before that, it was just like the battle between Ferdia and Cuhallen, and Queen Maeve played a, a, a not a primary role. But then I start bringing in Queen Mae and her involvement because that's just based upon her jealousy, and 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 her and her wanting the brown bow. And then before that, I bring in characters like uh. uh King Fergus, uh, you know, I, I wish I'm drawing a blank here, but there were so many other different kings that was really important. And then um, Leg, his charioteer, um, characters like the Great Lug, who was the wizard that bestowed his powers onto Kuhalik. There's so much to that, that, that makes this legend incredibly fascinating that every year I try to bring a little bit. And so last year, as you know, we were unable to do the, the the march so that yeah. was canceled so we were commissioned to do a short film but of course you know you can't do a short film with a big cast and of course it, it was the pandemic so we had to do a social distance uh short film with minimum cast and abide by all the rules of course we got permission um uh, because uh, uh, by the you know the film board, you were allowed to do film and media uh, during that period, so we took that opportunity and we did a part called for them's prophecy. Now, for them is another character that people wouldn't know widely about, but for them it was someone who told Queen Maeve um, that what was to come, that prophesied that she her encounter with with Holland. So it's a beautiful opportunity to retell another part of the story in a mad youth theatre way.
0: So you really, this must have taken a lot of time to uh, sit down and, you know, really flesh out and get the information. Because, again, I'm a history student and um, I know how difficult it is to find sources and to find information dating Mm -hmm. back to like the medieval times and especially for something so specific as stories like those that must have been difficult as well so were you did you find you were limited when you were looking for material and looking for sources and looking for information?
1: In the beginning I was but thankfully on a tawn march committee there are people who have dedicated their not dedicated their lives it sounds a bit dramatic but really dedicated their passion to to the tawn boncoulia or the the, the great tawn and there's people who always advise me, point me to the right uh, texts, tell me the right websites, um, also tell me parts of the story that they know that is not accessible. And so I, I take on all this information. I take my pen and my paper and I write them down and I go to my research and I sit down and I say, how can I craft this story that is that that, that is uh, as epic <laughs> as can be? And crafted it into, into a, a twenty minutes, forty five minutes performance,
0: and that's that's, that, no, that's challenging. That's a that's a skill in itself. <laughs> it's, that is definitely a skill in itself.
1: It, 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 it's it's definitely trying. I mean, I, I mean, like I I, I write draft upon draft upon draft of things. I,
0: I know what you're like when it comes <laughs> to uh, writing a script, so you don't have to tell <laughs> me that. Quasi <laughs> has this thing of when he writes a script, he likes to um. Likes to give us about 20 different versions of the script. Um, but hey, you know that it, Perfection. Exactly. You know, we have to work for perfection. So exactly. it, and it
1: definitely exactly. works for us. I mean, listen, you, you, can't, you can't write a first draft and think that's the best. And that is actually your worst. You know, you write until you can't write no more. Uh, and, and you fail and you fail forward and you fail better each time, according to uh, some uh, great Irish writers. You know, you keep on yep. doing it.
0: Um, so we'll move on now away from the, you know, the stories of Cú Chulainn and that end of history, and we'll move towards um, mo- what well, I would consider modern Irish history, which mm-hmm. would be um, w- the youth Theatre was involved in a commemoration of the 1916 Rising in the square that happened east uh, in 2016. Uh, and yeah. talk me a bit through that. So what was that like for you? I actually I did, I wasn't involved and I didn't get to see it. I, I was away somewhere. But um, can you
1: talk us through maybe the actual? I mean, I, again, um, this is a a fascinating and tragic part of Irish history and it needed to be approached delicately and it needed to be approached with the, with the love that it needed to be approached with and kind of retelling all or doing a commemoration performance uh, of, of the 1916 Rising um there's many people out there who've done fantastic things during that time so what we've done is it's just a, a blip and a scratch on it but when I got involved in that again like like I said earlier I love history and so I started hitting the books and I started reading and I've read different types of illustrations and looked at other people's uh, version of the story, There's and a of lot
0: of the, information out
1: there about. The a lot of, Red, Red, Red. and and, yeah. and what I love as well as a, as a theatre maker and a storyteller, I love to hear the stories that are not heard. So I was mm-hmm. digging for that. I was digging for um, what the people, in, uh, the citizens of Dublin, were saying at that time. What were the, the 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 mothers and the the daughters and the fathers were saying at that time? Seeing there. Their, their their son go out there to to defend the country or who and was...
0: and, so, and we have to also mention and the women as well there the absolutely women
1: involved. absolutely yeah. and the women um you know that was during that time but you know the men were, who were fighting in the war at that time you remember
0: um the the what was it, World War Two excuse World me war II. Yes. World War Two was... yeah no no World War One sorry World War I yes excuse us I, don't worry Chrissy, I get I I get mixed up between World War One and World War II I just want the can they please name them two different things just to, uh, the one and the two confuses me
1: don't no, feel <laughs> bad yeah two of <laughs> but listen that, that's my fault I led you down the path Um, but yeah you know but so there was the World War One was happening as well so there were stories coming from that size of Irish men fought in the British Army so it's all these different things I was fa- uh, I was learning as a, a non-Irish man and uh, and a lover of history, so I, I, I sat down and I crafted this story, and in the story I incorporated some of those stories of, of those personal stories, and uh, on, on, which was uh, which was kind of blanketed with that uh, song, oh um, oh she what's sorry uh, oh, uh, Roche, uh,
0: that, yes,
1: yes. I I didn't want to speak Irish and get it wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but I I used that song as the 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 soundtrack to the to the performances, and we did a quite a a a, a physical theatre performance that was quite uh, interpretive, but the story was still clear, and the people were still able to say. Uh, get their the message across in the story, and it was absolutely beautiful. And I was, I, I, I felt a great sense of pride, not just for the young Irish people that was participating, but someone who has been adopted uh, by by Ireland. You know um, that I was part of that commemoration as well.
0: Did you feel? Um, did you feel that the youth theatre had a certain uh, responsibility? To you know, not just talking about the 1960 commemoration, but in general, um, to you know tell Irish stories because you know we are, we're, we're an Irish youth theatre in the middle of Louth and with a full of Irish history, a very rich place of Irish history. Did you feel that when you were setting up this youth theatre, was there a certain element of, um, I want to be able to tell local stories and local history?
1: I, you know what that that's uh that's a big responsibility. Because it's like almost gatekeeping heritage and culture, and like you know, we must retell these stories and we must do them well. Um, I, I don't want to apply that amount of pressure on on our, on our kind of artistic programming, you know. But when the moment or the opportunity comes around and we feel like we have we are in position to do that, then we will and we will honor that. We will honor the Irish our Irish heritage by trying by like, making a good attempt to tell an irish story well
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know um, um,
0: um, sorry. Now, um, I, now I was
1: going to say you know uh, it, it, i it uh, it may not be perfect but the the point is 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 made and the story is told
0: well that's really what we're all about you know we love to tell a good story that's what as theatre makers storytelling is artic That's yeah. That's essentially what we do. Mm-hmm. Um and it's lovely though. I find it very uh I like to see us, you know, getting involved in telling stories from um from the community and from local areas. That's not necessarily just, you know, his, historical stories, but in general, you know, stories of people in the community or things that people uh, can relate to. You know, what yes. we see in the dog nowadays. Yes. And if that is, you know, Irish history so well be it but if that mm. is you know um racism in the community sexism in the community um homophobia transphobia anything like that yeah. i think that's the good, so the bad important. and the
1: ugly the good the bad and the ugly you know i think i think uh i when when the youth theater was um was was in its in its bake- in its making in its early days um it I, I, it is our um, aims and objectives that we must, um, you know, respond to what's in our community, and uh, we must respond what's happening in our environment um, with art, and that, and so, so if something should arise in the youth theater, or there's a, a subject matter, if there's an issue, or there's a, a historical meaning behind something that we will respond with it with 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 art, with theater. And we'd be responsible and careful with it as well. But always, always be truthful, I believe. And 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 that is I think that's that is a responsibility of all artists living in the community. Mm-hmm. That you know it, it's important that when they create work, um that okay, it may reflect the community, but when you raise that reflection up higher, that the world could see themselves in it as well.
0: Now you've seen, you know, artists and the artistic community globally, you've seen around the world, you've seen it in New York, uh, Dublin, Belfast, um, but what, how would you describe the artistic community here in Dundalk? Wow.
1: I, it's like, okay, and this might be a crazy analogy, the artistic community in Dundalk is like a daffodil bud. OK. In its early stages, it was in full bloom, but then it went back into dormancy. It went back into the soil, and the petals fell, and there was nothing happening for a while, and the community was in this different focus. But now it started to resubmerge through the soil and, and, and shine its bright petals. And, and and it's a beautiful aroma. So people are now gaining that traction and interest in what's happening. You know, the, the art scene is in its new bloom. And I think it has a lot to do with people wanting to collaborate and wanting to engage in the community in loud and uh, with, with their artistic gifts.
0: Okay. Can you I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense.
1: <laughs> um, I definitely think that makes sense. <laughs> I'm, I'm filled with crazy analogies. Sorry. <laughs> um,
0: so I always say I think there is a, definitely now we, we're seeing, and I think it's growing the artistic community. Mm-hmm. It's like constantly growing, expanding, and you can even walk through the streets of Dundalk now and you mm-hmm. see, you know, the lovely murals that are up on the walls. It's everywhere. Uh,
1: it's, it's everywhere. Fantastic. Yeah, and you know people people are taking people are taking responsibility for the the artistic scene. Um, the local businesses are taking responsibility for it and, and, and engaging in it. And that is really good. When you get everybody on a community level to to, to engage and to respond and to you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Promote local art and local artists and it, it just adds to the vibrancy of the community.
0: Mm-hmm. Adds to it, and I love it. Going forward, um, what what would you like to see in the community of Dundalk um, artistically? How do you think we could improve, or how do you think we could grow as a community,
1: as a community? How we could improve? Um, that's a tough question because I could look at look at it from my perspective only as a theatre maker that works with young people that I want to see mad youth theatre grow in, in in such a exponential way that, you know, we could reach as many young people as possible um, through theater and through the arts. But but as a artist and a collaborator, I want to see, um, you know, up and coming artists taking that brave step and sharing their work and getting paid for it and getting, you know, getting elevated for it. You know, like we have an artistic hub in this community that is amazing. Like, I mean, I just sitting here thinking there's so many people that is like wonderful and needs that platform, that needs a platform to to share their work. And the future, it looks great. And once the artists continue to share and continue to share with young people and, and the people who are coming up ahead, coming up behind us and passing that baton, the future will remain um vibrant and colorful. You know, so uh, as artists and people with our skills and our expertise, we need to share our tools. We gotta work to to, to make ourselves almost redundant in a sense that you know that, that the next person coming up, we don't begrudge them but but we raise them up higher than us. You know?
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um uh, so, well we're we're gonna be wrapping up in a few minutes, but Just because it's St. Patrick's Day, Kwesi, give us your favourite St. Patrick's Day story. Do you have anyone from anywhere, any experience? You could be at home, you could be at the pub, you could be in the youth theatre, you could be anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. What's your favourite St. Patrick's Day story? Okay,
1: man, I you know, as you may or may not know, my my former life was a, a bouncer. So I used to work on the doors a lot. The busy so, so, <laughs> yeah. So that story so those stories are usually packed with but like, oh my gosh, I had to throw somebody out. I don't think I have a a, 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 a like like a, a wow kind of a experience with St. Patrick's. But I would like to, you know what? The first time I had the day off of St. Patrick's, that's when I turned my back on. Doing door work. I stopped doing door work. And uh, my first time, and um, myself, my wife, uh, her family, we were, and, and and of course my daughter, my sons weren't born yet, and our two daughters. We were there on the side of St. Patrick's, and another uh, no, side of St. Patrick's on the street. I think it was Kembasul Street, and you know how you queue on the side as the parade kind of moved yep. by. And everybody, I was in my green, and everybody's in the green and waves me a flag. And I think that was a moment like, wow, this is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. And as the people went by, I was just in love with the with the diversity that was in the parade. It was it was more than just St. Patrick's went and chased away the snakes. You know, it wasn't about that. It wasn't, you know, the Dundalk Parade was about community. It was about the diversity that was in the community. Because you had groups from all over the town and Louth. And you have uh, different uh, football teams, dance teams, church groups with different types of floats. And it was wonderful. And getting sweets chucked at us which i think they, they they barred you know they stopped it because you know well,
0: kids, kids i have a few sitting, questions about that why sweets. why could we be barred because i have to say one of my best memories of getting fed at the saint patrick's Day parade, <laughs> uh by, by sweets that was no, one uh, of no, my favorite. no
1: or, or making your way down to the roma <laughs> yeah for a bag of chips and yeah, but um but um, <laughs> but um yeah but i think that was really I was in awe with that. And ever since I've never worked at St. Patrick's Day and always go down to the parade.
0: For, and of course we've always had every year we've been well, from what I can remember, yeah. we've always walked in the parade as a youth theater absolutely. Um, and I and really solidifying ourselves in this community. But
1: but if you can remember that year that we we always walk. We are not a competitive youth theater. We don't compete. We you know no. We do things because we love it. We don't do things because we want to compete with other people. And one year, lo and behold, we got a trophy for best. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. Best submission and best floats. And it was, I was just so chuffed. I mean, I said, yeah, is what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, but I was really insanely proud of all the young people who, because we did we we just we didn't just walk. We did choreography. We were like trying to retell the tale of the town within the the the, the, yeah. the march, and you know we had our
0: banners and our flags up, and it was like,
1: yes, man, you did was representing. It's fantastic.
0: What I'm definitely going to get behind you when I when I say, um, for me, my best memory of St Patrick's Day isn't really a memory. It's more so of a something that happens every year and it's a feeling. It's a feeling of being a part of something, uh, a feeling of being part of a community. Mm-hmm. And that is, for me, that's very important in our culture is you know, com- the se- community yeah. is a very big thing. Um, and having an inclusive community that celebrates everyone is also very, very Absolutely. important. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, it's like it's, 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 it's a wonderful and beautiful thing when St. Patrick is not about green beer but it's about diversity people. and inclusion and people and community
0: that's what it's about and this year hopefully now I, i'm going to give you all a bit of behind the scenes um and, and that you don't know but this well you know Qua, so this podcast isn't being filmed on saint patrick's day uh it's actually a week before saint patrick's day <laughs> so just let us know but we're pretending it's saint patrick's day um but Going forward to this year, because we didn't really have Saint Patrick's Day last year, because again the virtual COVID hit parades. So last
1: minute. the virtual was, parades.
0: Um, we had a virtual parades, yeah, <laughs> but they're not the same. I don't care what anyone tells me. Um, but I hope that we still have that sense of community. I hope we still have people, you know, calling each other and talking to each other. You know, going on Zooms. I know everyone's sick of Zooms by this stage, but <laughs> even getting onto a video chat and having a conversation and talking, um talking, telling stories, singing songs, mm-hmm. and just having a good, I think that's so important as, uh, as, as a country that we need to do this, you know, yeah. to get us through yeah. the next few weeks. Um, you, you know, you especially, we need to celebrate St. Patrick's
1: Day. Yeah, you know what, I like if, I, oh, definitely we can't go out and do St. Patrick's um, this year. But no. one thing that I remember last year, and my wife was like, we have to do something, the kids are missing this year. And we did a virtual parade in the house. We lined up all the toys and so forth. But, but what we did, we decorated the house and we decorated outside. Like it was Christmas, you know? Yeah. We put up, uh, we were busy cutting shamrocks and sticking them on the glass and putting green stuff across the windowsills and just bringing that sense of, of, of that celebration to our estate. And that, you know, if every house should do that, That would be wonderful if every house...
0: Paint paint the country green.
1: Paint the country green. Yeah. Green, white, orange,
0: across the country. We all hang our flags. I think that would be lovely. I remember last year, um, now I wasn't at it, but I've seen videos um, of people in their cars were just beeping their horns and things like that. You know, safe, socially distanced things. Things like that was really interesting. Um, Whether that happens this year, I'm not sure. I don't know if... Guide, guidelines would allow it, mm-hmm. but you know, if we could even, you know, all s- do something as a community, even if we all stand by our doors and clap, <laughs> I'll take one of those.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. To show
0: everyone that we are together. You know, yeah. we're together, but we're apart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed.
0: <laughs> but um, I think that's it, Quasi. I'm going to wrap up by saying thank you very much for coming onto the podcast. We will thanks, have you again. Thanks for definitely.
1: I feel so important. S- excuse me. Huh? You should. You should. Only a
0: limited um, group of people gets to go on to this match. Yeah,
1: day. yeah. I feel like I feel like <laughs> VIP on this uh, podcast.
0: Thanks, thanks for the invite. Watch me not release it now. <laughs> Watch me not.
1: Release Imagine. It. But Imagine. Uh,
0: <laughs> thank you so much, Quercy, and uh, well
1: Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy Punch- St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. I just. Bye said, everyone. I just tripped on my tongue. <laughs>